The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Freemasons Podcast, coming to you live from Morningstar Lodge number 47. Leave your aprons at the door, my brother. Anyway, hello and welcome to the Freemasons Podcast with your two hosts, Right Worship Brother George and Marjorie. Worship Brother Joe, and welcome for the edition, Freemasons Podcast edition of The Fat and the Furious. <laughs> As you can see, Kenny's not here, and when he was here, it was the big and tall edition. Correct. So now it's you and me, it's The Fat and the Furious. Uh, I, hear, I hear one of the phones on. I feel... Oh, uh, it's you. Is it me? It's you this time. No, nah, it can't be me. No, mine's all the way off. It's got to be you. Uh, maybe it was me. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, today's episode, 192. We're creeping on 200. Creeping. You're good uh, at that. I am, yes. And so Because I'm, I'm small and short to yeah, the ground. I can creep yeah, like a snake. Slither. Um, today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Improved Order of Redmen, which is a little-known organization, but it, it does have its Masonic ties. Indeed. So uh, we're going to get into this. But first, we don't have any likes. Why? Because nobody likes us. N- well, not that nobody likes us, but because uh, you're banned from social media and Ken's <laughs> not here. <laughs> no, because you and Zuckerberg don't get along. You can't just play nice with each other. Well, uh, there's only so much of his of my information that I'm letting him gain, and there's no reason to link my personal Facebook account to our podcast Instagram and Facebook account. So I'm not doing it. All right, F him. But we got two new subscribers. We got a couple of new subscribers, I think. But we uh, have had a lot of people join the community recently, a lot, like probably half a dozen in the last few days. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, new subscriber on YouTube, George Antizelos. Ant- I'm gonna say this again, Antzelettos. Antzelettos. George Ant. Forget it. He's Hi, George. Hi, nice George. He's Greek. Um, and then we have uh, John Donovan, who actually just subscribed. Very shortly ago. Um, but I uh, want to thank our subscribers. Please like, subscribe, share, click the little notification bell. We're reaching to 1,000 so we can do some extra things, including polling you to find out what you want to hear us talk about. Because uh, I can't come up with all the ideas, but I try my best. So it's your show. Um, seriously? Yeah, seriously. That's what happened. You know it's never a good thing when it's just you and I. Ken's not here no. to buffer. No, no. He's not here to, to play referee. So. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're going to get into this improved order of red men. Uh, it, it kind of runs, I would say, somewhat similar to your Bunker Hill thing that you, you are a part of. Um, I don't know how similar or how different it is, but yes, I am a, a member of the Order of the Sword of Bunker Hill. So I'm going to pull this off of Wikipedia as well as the red men's... They actually have a webpage, redmen.org. Um, then we're gonna we're gonna go through this and uh, we're gonna talk about it. Cool. So first thing I'm gonna do is Wikipedia. We know Nick, Wikipedia never lies, but nah, we'll see. It's a joke. Um, Improved Order of Redmen is a fraternal organization established in North America in 1834. Their rituals and regalia are modeled after those assumed by men of the era to be used by Native Americans. Despite the name, the order was formed solely by and for white men. Um, organization claimed a membership about half a million. Oh, wow. 
1935, but has declined to little more than 15,000. Yeah, I'm, I'm, whatever. We can debate the, the, the reasons for why it's only white men. I don't particularly agree with that, but uh, moving on here. History. On December 16, 1773, a group of colonists, all men and all members of the Sons of Liberty, met in Boston to protest the, tea, the tax on tea imposed by England. We all know this. Uh, when their protest was unheeded, they disguised themselves as their idea of Mohawk people, proceeded to Boston Harbor and dumped overboard 342 chests of English tea. So that's pretty much where they're getting the name Red Men. Right. So they're, what they're claiming is their history began in 1773, or they're emulating, would you yeah. say? Yeah. Emulating. Emulating, yeah. What they did. Um, and that's why they chose the name Red Men. Uh, whether or not that ties into them being primarily white or for I white men I think it's just only. paying reverence to the fact that they dressed up as Indians. No, no, I'm talking about why they only allow white men to be part of this. Yeah, because they're probably mostly white Anglo-Saxon Protestant mm. folks. Um, so for the... Uh, hold on. In the late 18th century, the Tammany... Tammany, Tammany societies named after Tamaned were formed. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, the most well known of these was New York City Society of Saint Tamame, uh, which grew into a major political machine known as Tammany Hall. I've heard of Tammany Hall. I've never heard of this. I have. Okay. Uh, maybe from I don't know. Maybe something we could talk about later if. Uh, I've heard of it. I don't know much yeah. about it. But Red Men it. orders are still around. Uh, worship with the Greg Schultz. Yeah, they're still around. Yep, they're still around. I don't know what their numbers look like. I know there's one guy here uh, in town. His name is, uh, I think it's Frank Hines, I think. He's, uh, he, he, he was the one uh, that used to, he's got all the, the Red Men regalia and all their charters and everything when we moved from the church to this building. Yeah. Uh, I met him a couple times, but I don't think they've been active for probably 20 years or so. That's what a lot of stuff up in the attic belongs to, right? No, that's the Order of Oddfellows. Okay. Yeah, no. When we moved over here to this uh, location, uh, the guy Frank came, and uh, he they only had like literally like a, a cabinet, one small cabinet for their stuff. So, uh, And I think when he picked it all up, he just took it to his house because I believe that... Uh, yeah, they were they, they were dead in the water well Pretty before. Right. But he just didn't want to get thrown he out. He didn't want to get tossed. Right. Yeah. All right. So uh, sorry, I took a sip there. It's hot as hell up here. It's really freaking hot. So um, around eighteen thirteen, a disenchanted group created the Philanthropic Society of Redmen at Fort Milfin in Philadelphia. The organization grew into the eighteen twenties. Uh, and then, uh, oh, here we go. This is where we get good. Uh, parallel lines of advancement were offered in the Order of Red Men, a series of military titles and set of Indian rankings. So they'll say their, their rankings or their officer chairs, I guess, are modeled off of Indians. So you probably have chief, like chief scout, yeah. squad. I don't know. Not squad. That's a female, but you know what I'm saying. Class and ethnic differences introduced by new immigrants, anti-Masonic persecutions, attacks on fraternal groups based in a, on excessive drinking, and ultimately a widespread cholera epidemic in 1832 led to the decline of the organization. Excessive drinking. Yeah. All right, we can relate. <laughs> Not as Masons, just here on the podcast. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, Masons really, I mean. <laughs> there are some dry lodges, though, actually, believe it or yeah, not. Yeah, there actually are. There's quite a few, after, especially after the uh, Grand Lodge Edict last yes. year. Yes, where they basically that said that uh, you had to organize as a bottle club. You couldn't just have booze in your lodge because of insurance reasons. Right. Somebody leaves the lodge, trashes his car because he's hammered out of his gourd, and uh, hurts some people. You, the entire lodge could be sued. Yeah, so. but then I would argue that. We have people in place to to true, but I'm just monitor those types of things, and they're not living up to their obligation in their office. But uh, anyway, Bill, my only point that I'm making is that Mason at Mason lodges are not a quote unquote, you know, let's get hammered at the lodge meeting type. Yeah, we're not meetings. the Knights of Columbus. No, 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 no. 
<laughs> You're going to start this shit already. What? Huh? You're going to start this already, huh? Or the Lions. Um, so in 1834, the improved Order of Red Men was started as a revival in Baltimore. So the original Order of Red Men started to die, um, and then they reorganized into the improved Order of Red Men. Okay. And uh, it focused on temperance. Patriotism, American history. In 1835, with only two tribes in place, a larger IORM was organized. Unlike the original order, the IORM, which is the Improved Order of Red Men, uses only expanded Indian titles. So they got rid of the military titles, I guess. Okay. So they only do do that now. Um, uh, Greg Schultz, he says, uh, the Women's Auxiliary in the order of red men has the degree of Pocahontas. Yes, yes, they do. That's uh, that's the women's auxiliary, if you will. Uh, kind of like the order of the Beauceant with the Knights Templar. Mm-hmm. So uh, in one 1886 tribe, a member 12 cent a week dues went into a fund which was used to pay disability benefits. Oh, yeah. So they have uh, they have their own insurance. It's something that they offer. It's something that's also very different from uh, Freemasons. We are, we are not an insurance. Correct. There are no insurance benefits. That's usually one of the very first things that's uh, explained to you on your investigation committee. Yeah, exactly. This is not a, this is not a piggy bank for you. Our red men in Florida, Slitsky of Zaros. Welcome oh, back. hey, welcome back, Slitsky. Welcome back. Uh, our red men in Florida, I have no idea. I don't know much about this organization. I know that there was one up here in Seymour. Um, if they're in Florida, I have no idea. No, I don't. I would imagine that at some time they more than likely were. Um, well, there is the redmen.org, which is the website. You can go on that, and I'm yeah. sure you can find something if they are there. I know it's not really a very popular organization. Yeah, I, I would say if it exists in some way, it's probably still it's probably very small, and certainly not at its peak of when fraternal organizations, you know, post World War II were exploding all over the place. But uh, right. yeah, redmen.org. Check it out. And welcome back, Slisky of Zaros. We missed you last episode or two episodes ago. Uh, let's continue on with the organization here. Let's move on to the next one. The order has three tiered structure. Sound familiar? Yes. Local units were called tribes and are presided over by Sachem and a board of directors. Local meeting sites are called. Wigwams. Okay. The state level is called the reservation and the government of the, uh, excuse me, and governed by a great sachem and great council or board of chiefs. The national level is a great council of the United States. Oh, so they're like, excuse me, they have a national level. Okay. So they have a great council of the United States. A great council consists of great, oh boy. You're going to struggle on this one. In Cojone. Cajones? That's <laughs> what it looks like. How, much, how would you say it? I don't know what you're looking at. I-N-C-O-H-O-N-E-E. In Cajone. <laughs> yeah, I'd go with that. In Conahy? In Conahy. It's in Conahy. I don't know. I'm like Matthew and Conahy. Um, oh, great. Let's go with in Cajone. You're a great in Cajone. <laughs> Mine are sticking to my leg right now. It's so hot in here. Uh, so he's the president and a board of great chiefs, which includes the great senior Sagamore, which is the first vice president, great junior Sagamore, secretary, and blah, blah. Okay, so it's similar to what it seems like ours are a Blue Lodge Council here. President, kind of sounds vice like president, that. something along the They're just using uh, the headquarters of the order has been in Waco, Texas. Oh. Since at least 1979, they maintain an official museum and library in Waco. Interesting. Uh, So here we go. We're going to get into uh, auxiliary and side degrees. A side degree uh, of the order was founded in 1890 as the National Haymakers Association. Haymakers Association. Huh. When I think of haymaker, I just think of somebody throwing a freaking punch. That's what I think of, too. He's throwing haymakers. He's throwing a haymaker. With the uh, could hear Howard Cosell saying that over like a Tommy Hearns fight or something. What's uh what's Slitsky over there saying? Somebody said? Oh, uh let's see. Slitsky are in Florida to that blue beats red, but purples beat all except green. All right. Well rocks beat scissors. <laughs> and paper beats rock. And scissors beats paper. I'm confused, what does that mean? I don't know. 
But we can like you sh- please explain? We like Slisky. Maybe he's thinking like Blue Lodge beats Red Men. Beats Red. But then Purple beats down but on everybody because all. that's their job. Except Green. I don't get the Green. Maybe he's referring to money. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He likes to talk in riddles. I like that That's about all right. him. That's all right. He reminds me. But he is right. B- well, blue beats red because you know, if you're going to go red or red, oh, let's go aprons. Here we go. We'll play along. We'll play with this game. All right. Okay. So, okay. So, uh, Chapter is a red apron, but Blue Lodge is still your base correct. Masonic you can career. obtain so nothing you, higher than the third degree of a master. Right. Apron. So Blue Lodge takes precedence over the appending bodies, but within Blue Lodge, a purple apron is higher than a blue. It is, but there is a part of a charge that says, should even the color purple bless your apron? Something, something, something. Fair point. Um, but I, but it, from a ranking standpoint, there are times where purple beats blue as far as... Uh, you know, Grand Lodge edicts and things like that, because we do swear our allegiance to him. And I think he's saying that green being money beats everything. Mm. All right. All right. I like his little riddles. It's in the two pillars combined. I'm not following. Anyway, let's continue on here. Um, so then you have the, uh, in 1952, the order created the degree of Hiawatha as a young auxiliary for males eight and up, similar to our, uh, similar to our uh, order of Demolay. For, yeah. for for boys. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of I, I I'm gonna have to say go out on a limb here and say that this is probably a parallel to Freemasonry because it seems like from what I'm reading anyway and what I'm understanding about these guys, it's very similar to Freemasons. Meaning either Freemasons started this as a separate thing, hidden in allegory. Which I mean, when you call yourselves the Improved Order of Red Men. Right. And you're white people? You're only allowing white people in? That's allegory for something. That means you're keeping something hidden. Right? Either that or they're just snobs. <laughs> they're stuck up snobs. Um, Ken Tarwood, don't feed the trolls. <laughs> How dare you call my friend Slisky of Zaros a troll, Ken Tarwood? <laughs> Slisky so then, and I are tight. Most of the degrees of Hiawatha were concentrated in New England. Oh, I didn't know that. In 1979, there were less than 5,000 members in approximately 125 councils. Yeah, so they were, they were starting to lose. The order of female auxiliaries, the degree of Pocahontas, so they do pretty much the same thing. Um, Can you paint with all the colors? In 2011, I'm just going through their membership. Uh, they were originally up to 519,000 plus. Oh, wow. And now today in 2011, they're only 15,251. So my guess with 500,000 people nationwide that they had to be in Florida at some point. Well, it says members in 46 states in 1921. Yeah. But had declined to 31,000 in 32 states in 1978. Right. So So I'm I'm guessing no Alaska and Hawaii. So we're down to 48 right there. Right. So there are likely two others. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, in, until 1974, the order was open to whites only. In that year, the 106th Great Council of the United States eliminated the all-white clause in what was called a turning point for the order. Okay. Good for them. So good for them. They finally dumped that, that uh, clause. And what, that was nineteen seventy what? Nineteen seventy-four. So that's that predates Freemasonry uh, changing their records, right? Ours was in nineteen eighty something that we uh, uh, recognized Prince Hall and, and considered them. And that was Connecticut, right? We were the yeah, first we ones. were the first ones, and that was eighty something. I want to say. Right. Yeah. So I guess so. Yeah. It was before us. Uh, let's go into the rituals of this. Let's see what the rituals look like. Um, uh, oh, here we go. Greg Schultz. They support. <laughs> Alzheimer's research. Best part of Alzheimer's research, get behind your own Easter eggs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go. <laughs> Very nice. Way to go, Greg. So let's go into the, the rituals of this. Uh, the order itself claims direct descendant of the Sons of Liberty, noting that the Sons participated in the Boston Tea Party dressed as their idea of Indians. They continue to dress as Indians and use Native American terminology despite being non-Native organization. Uh, the groups... Now, let's talk about this real quick because people look at that and they'll be like... That's racist against Native Americans. No, I mean, I don't think so. They're they're using the Native American uh, 
words and everything. First off, our military has been doing it for years. What do you mean? Apache helicopters, Black Hawk helicopters. Fair point. Like they've been uh, Tomahawk missiles. True point. Yeah, that's absolutely um, right. So, so well, let me just also say, imitation is the best form of flattery. And I wish people would stop being so goddamn offended about stuff like this. Because when you imitate something, it's the best form of flattery. Right? Except when we imitate you. No, it's still a form of flattery. <laughs> Not really. You don't see a Joe doll. <laughs> um, no, but in all seriousness, um, like imitation is the best form of flattery. And on top of that, if you're drawing your roots of your organization to an act that was done by people dressed as Indians, it's kind of keeping the memory alive of the act that they did in, in 1775 or whenever the hell it was, right? Yeah. So in essence, it's white men uh-huh. dressing up as Indians to emulate or imitate or, or pull from white men right. who dressed as Indians and dumped the tea overboard and then were part of the founding of this country. So it's not necessarily that they're dressing up as Indians. They're dressing up as men who dressed up as Indians in 1774 right. or 5, however, before, how many years it was before um, Declaration of Independence. So it's it's more symbolic of... I would even argue it's more symbolic of American patriotism right. than it is of any Native American thing, because right. that—that's what they're—that's well, what they're emulating. That's what they're emulating. Yeah. Uh, the group's ritual terminology is derived from the language which they believe to be used by Native Americans, though it also shows the influence of Freemasonry. Ah, here we go. Outsiders are called pale faces, which is what Native Americans called white people. Right. So that would pale be our faces. Cowans and eavesdroppers. To open a meeting is called kindling the fire. Okay. Officers' installations are called raising up of chiefs. The voting is called twigging. The Masonic influence is seen in the three basic degrees. Here we go. Adoption, warrior, and chief. Okay. There's your inner apprentice, your fellow craft, and your master mason. Uh, there's also a fourth degree, beneficiary or, or for insurance. So kind of like our past past master. master. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna skip forward here. Um, I was looking for something that was their uh, oh notable members. Here we go. Oh, let's see here. Warren. I want to say both Roosevelts were right. Theodore Roosevelt, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. That would be Paul. John Buchanan Robinson. Uh. Albert Dutton McDade, I don't know who he is, and Warren G. Harding. So I'm going to switch over here. I'm going to go to the improved order of red men they're actually cite. America's oldest fraternal organization. Ah, let me clarify. We, as Masons, are the oldest fraternal organization. They're claiming that they're the world. America's oldest fraternal organization. Yeah. And they are chartered by Congress. I'm not 100% sure... Um, I don't know. They're it's, chartered by the United States Congress? That's what it says, chartered by the United, by the Congress. Huh. Interesting. So here, here's what they have. I'm on their webpage, and yes, it is redmen.org. You're welcome to go check it out. Um, oh, uh, Worship of the Greg Schultz. Men, uh, Redmen's Day in, at Arlington National Cemetery. Annual ceremony to honor our unknown soldiers and all the brave Americans who have fallen in battle to protect our freedom. Okay. There cool. Cool. Uh, so the, here's we're going to go on their website. I'm on it right now, and let's look. Um, who are the Red Men? The fraternity traces its origins back to 1765 and is descended from the Sons of Liberty. These patriots concealed their identities and worked underground to help establish freedom and liberty in the early colonies. They patterned themselves after the great Iroquois Confederacy in its democratic governing body. Their system with elected representatives to govern tribal councils have been in existence for seven centuries. After the War of 1812, the name was changed to the Society of Red Men in 1834 to the Improved Order of Red Men. They kept their customs and terminology with Native Americans as a basic part of the fraternity. Some of the words and terms may sound strange, but they soon became a familiar part of the language for every member. The Improved Order of Red Men is similar in many ways to the major fraternal organizations in the United States. Us. (laughs) The Improved Order of Red Men is a national fraternal organization that believes in, and here are the bullet points, love and respect of the American flag. 
preserving our nation by defending and upholding the principle of free government. America and the democratic way of life. Preserving the traditions and history of this great country. Creating and inspiring a great love for the United States of America. Helping our fellow men through organized charitable programs. Linking our members together in common bond of brotherhood and friendship. Perpetuating the beautiful legends and traditions of a once vanishing race and kept alive some of the traditional customs, ceremonies, and philosophies. Legally, the, the Order of Red Men is a patriotic fraternity chartered by Congress. It is a nonprofit organization devoted to inspiring greater love for the United States and the principles of American liberty. So, in that regards, it's very, very similar to the Order of the Sword of Bunker Hill. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. real quick to read you the mission statement of the Sword of Bunker Hill it's to promote the interest of Masonry. So, it's specific to Freemasonry, that's where it differs. Uh, it's an order within. Promote the interest of masonry by encouraging a more regular attendance at its meeting to form a social and fraternal organization to perpetuate the principles of American liberty, to instill into the minds of each generation the sacrifices of our Masonic forefathers in forming our great republic, to forever inspire patriotism and loyalty by administering to every candidate for our order the oath of allegiance to the state and nation, to provide a time and place for good, clean fun, and to further cement our friendship and brotherly love. Awesome. Yeah, it's basically... uh, Theirs is not necessarily specific to Freemasons, where the Order of the Sword of Bunker Hill is. So that would be one difference, but uh, both seem to be promoting American liberty and freedom and patriotism. So I just got a couple things that they do. Um, What are we looking at time, Joe? How are we doing? 3042. Okay. So uh, just a couple things that they do. It says goals of the Red, red Men. They have the Flag Recognition Program, a program to honor those patriotic Americans who displayed the flag regularly. Cool. Faith of Our Father's Chapel. It's erected at uh, Freedom's Foundation at Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, to commemorize the ideals of principles of our founding fathers. Annual pilgrimage to Faith of Our Father's Chapel. Annual meeting to renew the strength and beliefs of the American way of life. Children with Cognitive, Intellectual, and Developmental Abilities Program. Uh, oh, wow. So it's uh, uh, formally, uh, so it's, the name of the program is ARC, formerly the Association of Retarded Citizens in Special Olympics. Okay. So they're, they're, they're involved in that. Redmen's Day at Arlington National Cemetery, which is what Worship Brother Greg was talking about. And then they have the Redmen's Week, which is the week of December 16th. Designated as the Redmen's Week, commemorating the Boston Tea Party in 1773. I, I mean, the. I'm interested in it. Um, come on, close. Personally, I think I don't know. I think it sounds to me like this is something a Mason would would start. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, given that many of the members of the Sons of Liberty were actual Masons. Correct. It, it might have been their way at that time, you know, when it, it might be that ultimate FU to our buddies across the pond. Well, I think it might be one of two things. So this is just me hypothesizing here. Mm-hmm. So if me and you were in Morningstar Lodge mm-hmm. and a couple other people were... were pissed off at the government about something let's just give an example okay and i know i'm listen, i'm not trying to be let's talk about something that's a like current event right oh boy no 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 hear me out like uh-huh. it, it, and again by no means i'm not making this political but i'm just trying to use it as an example of you just follow it stick with me here okay? I'll, I'll let's say until you're done let's say a shipment of covid vaccines were coming in to Bridgeport, we caught wind of it, right? We're in a Masonic Lodge, and we're telling all of our brothers, "Hey, man, we need to go. We need to go do something about this. We need to do something." What's our lodge probably going to tell us? Pound sand. Okay. So what own. happens that's, that's is not, that's not part of what we do. So now we have a meeting. Sand. We're supposed to have a meeting, right? Yeah. And magically, the master can't open because a bunch of us decided to go to Bridgeport, dressed as Indians. And threw the shit over out, threw it into the water, right? By no means am I telling anybody to do this. Please, 
This is just hypothetical, and I'm using it as an example. So with that being said, they're not going to come forward and be like, yeah, us Masons, we went and we, we did this thing. We went and did this, you know, to keep the memory alive because it makes Masons look bad, right? right. So what you would go and do is you make another order commemorating exactly what you guys did to keep that memory alive. That's where I'm drawing this Redman origins from, right? Perhaps. So I'm, I'm just saying, that would make sense, right? We're going to go make another order, me and Joe, and, and whoever else went and dumped the shit in the water to celebrate what we did. But it would still conflict with your duties and obligations to Freemasonry. So even though you create this little side order that you're like, oh, well, it's not okay here. It's okay over here. It's still not okay in the main. But, I mean, if you think about it, that's exactly what the members of St. Andrew's Lodge Number 2 in Boston did. Yeah, but the oaths and obligations were different. Though. No, they weren't. They didn't have to swear their allegiance to uh, any nation or king or, or anybody. Those were all added after the Morgan affair, the whole... Okay, so um, let me ask a question here. We're, we're, where did we get in? We got into it that one time with the uh, cheerfully submit. That's part of one of okay. the charges. Then why is something and something accepted and left to our own choosing? That's a whole different part of the degree we've had that conversation. <laughs> that's a whole different part. But that's that's where you must protect the secrets of a master mason, except for those two conditions, which are then left to your choice. It doesn't say those two things are okay. It just says if you commit those things and you tell me in confidence, I don't have to turn you so, in. It's my choice. So we take these oaths. We created these oaths. Yeah. At what point does a grandmaster have the, the right and or ability to put these extra things in away from the original oaths of a mason? Grandmaster doesn't have the ability to do that. It'd have to be voted on at a... Grand Lodge Annual, where the members of the Blue Lodges are represented and a vote is taken. And so does that make you a non-Mason now? Because if you had subscribed to the old charges and not the new charges, well, you weren't you're alive. still a Mason. You weren't alive a couple I, I know what you're saying, ago. but you get what I'm saying. Like, in the future, like, if, if something... Well, it, it, you got to go based on the, the oath and obligation <clears throat> that you took at the time where you came into the organization and said, okay, that's what I'm signing up for. Okay, but on the flip side, though, like, I don't know, like... And we've had this conversation. I can't remember if we've had it on air, off air, or whatever oh. the case may be. We have had it on air? Yes. Like, I took another oath that we talked about. Right. And it was an oath to defend against all enemies foreign and domestic. Right. And to defend the Constitution. Right. So, which one takes precedence? Well, you took another oath after that, knowing that you had that other one. So, I would say that you... In some way, by taking an additional it's oath, a wash. if it were to let's do this. No, you you may have nullified <laughs> your initial obligation. I don't believe so. Um, but my point, getting back onto this though, just you know, I can see that in order to keep shame from the craft, they would create another order commemorating the act that they did in show of American patriotism. Understand that many Americans also in this time during Sons of Liberty, they seen themselves as Americans under the british crown so for them i mean that's why the whole revolution got started is because the taxation without representation they didn't right. feel as equal partners they felt like americans being told what to do they were subjects of the country. subjects right. right right so america was their was their country england was just the overhead body so if you think about it they weren't really violating their obligation even if they had the current ones so now in modern days if you were to do something stupid like this. I mean, depending on your point of view, if you feel like our government has become too tyrannical and overreaching, you're still in violation of your oath and obligation. <laughs> so let me put it to you this way. So when I was like 13, I'm just making a point. Like, I know. That's why they would create the red men. So, but, but hear, hear me out. Let me draw a, and I understand that like that could be why they do, but it doesn't absolve them from anything. So when I was thirteen or fourteen, I made my confirmation. Okay. And one of the things they say, do you swear to uh, uh, something to the effect of, do you swear to to go against Satan and all his teachings and no. blah blah blah? No, I'm kidding. That's a joke. And I said joke. I do, but of course on the side I'm giving like. Oh the, God, no, you weren't. Were you really? And every time they bring that up in church, I throw the devil horns. But I, I said that's screwed up. I'm a screwed up person. Surprise! <laughs> but I said the Freemasons podcast, in order of its members, subscribe to uh, 
but I said, yeah, as, as part of that works. that ritual, if you want to call it a ritual, I right. said, yeah, I swear off Satan and all his teachings and blah, 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 blah. Mm. So if I then, I don't know, 10 years later, 15 years later, become a Satanist and, and swear my obligation to Satan, I can't go back and say, well, I took that obligation when I was 13 that said God is cool, so I'm still cool with God. I can't, it conflicts with my secondary oath, so I can't be okay with Satan but then be like, hey, God's cool too. But we also don't have a lodge full of 13-year-olds. In my personal opinion, no child under the age of okay. 18 should be taking any so, swear of an allegiance to anything. So you're 18, you're still a that's child. That's called indoctrination. You're still a child. Anyway. My point, which is why. Well, so that's, I'm invalidating your initial obligation. Thank you. The obligation you took you were you were 18. Uh, I was 18 years of age. Yeah, you're still a kid. You're still a kid. You have no, no worldly Legally. Knowledge. Legally, you're an adult, but you're a kid. Okay. You're a kid. Is there that much difference between you at 18 and me at 13? Probably not. So let me, let me, let me just... I was still taller than you. <laughs> so let me just... And again, I know we're kind of getting off the subject here. But okay. This is the thing that burns me off about the, hypocr- the hypocrisy of certain things. Okay. You can't drink when you're 21. You can't smoke when you're 21. Right? Well, you used to be able to smoke at 16. But you can join the military, tote a gun... And vote. Yes, because they're using you as a commodity, as a resource to go die. To fight a war that rich, older people don't want to fight. You are going to get so much hate mail. I don't care. <laughs> it's the truth. If it, were, if it were, and I'm not saying the people that volunteered, God bless you because I couldn't do it. And, you know, you've done great things. You, However, you have that back thing? there's a reason. I'm flat-footed. Um there's a reason why. Flat-headed too. So when do you think uh, uh, a, an adult male comes into their peak physical form? Not at 18 years old. 24, 25. I know some guys who peaked at 30. Why wouldn't they be off fighting the war? They're in the best possible condition. They just want numbers, man. And you ever see, do these rich kids go off and the rich family 18-year-olds go off and fight a war? No, they stick them on a freaking pontoon boat in frickin' Lima or whatever, like John Kerry did and like John F. Kennedy did, so they're not in harm's way. Unlike Prince Harry, who actually went and flew a goddamn helicopter in combat in Afghanistan. God bless him. But to argue your hypocrisy, stamp because they know you're 18. You don't know any better. So They know this. You think I went in and you think 18-year-old people who are... Uh, 18-year-old men and women who... And they are men and women at that point. Legally, yes. Mat- <laughs> Who mature. joined the military. And I'm not trying to entrap you here. I'm no, saying, asking. I'll give you think, my honest answer. Do you think that they really don't go, they go into the military f- being brainwashed that they, or do they actually like legitimately want to go defend their country and, and protect their country and join the military because they believe that's the right thing to do? Some of them absolutely think that. But I will argue that they're not fully emotionally and physically mature at 18 years of age. Would you do, do you make the same decisions now that you did when you were 18? I hope you don't. And if you do, don't answer the question. But you think of things differently now than when you, I, I, I hope you do. If I can go back in time. Would you, would you tell your 18-year-old you, hey, you might want to do this differently? Or would you be like, do no. it all the same? Not a chance. Okay. I would do the same exact path that I went. And make the same exact decision. Same exact Every decision. Every single one. When not just joining the military. The military. Not, I'm, not talk, I'm not just talking. I'm talking life in general. No, no, no. We're talking about the military portion But you it. can't just segment, hey, I'm smart in military, but I, I, I made bad decisions in other parts of my life. No, if you're making bad decisions in other parts of your life, you're probably making bad decisions in every part of your life. Uh, no. Here's my point. So... Yes, some 18-year-olds would say, absolutely, it's the right thing to do. I want to defend my country. I want to do my part. God bless you. Go to, go to a military college and, and get your education and then learn how to fight a war would be my well, thing. But the other piece of it, too, that you're ignoring is a lot of 18-year-olds had no other way out. In the 50s and 60s, judges would literally say to you, you're going to prison or you're going in the military. You got a choice. It still happens today. Here's the so, thing. The, so there you go. Here's and then the you else. have some people that their only way out of poverty in their I, socioeconomic situation 
is to join the military and get a better life for themselves because they can't they don't have the same opportunities they can't afford college see, so they're trading off a part of their future to try to make themselves give themselves a better future see i feel like i need to educate you a little bit on this okay one. go ahead not everybody who joins the military totes a gun you have logistics you have computers, you have intelligence, you have uh, aircraft mechanics, you have uh, vehicle mechanics, you have line cooks, you have medical field. Yeah, but you don't do always you get know? to choose that. Yes, you do. You get a choice of no, like no, three no, or no, four. No, 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 no. You can choose. No. I, I, I went in for my interview you for the Army choose. and for the Marines, and they said pick five. You're not guaranteed to get any single one of them. No, 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 no. You go in with. Sergeant Katz, Stanford, Connecticut, Marine Recruiting Station. Circa 1990. That's 1990. Well, you can pick whatever MOS. What did you, you join? Want. Like 96? You're not that much younger than me. Uh, no, 99. Okay, so I was off by three. Years. I was in the DEP with the delayed entry program. But my point but anyway. is, I got to pick what I wanted to do. I and, got they, to pick. and they stuck to that. Yeah, I wanted to be 03311. And I ended up I becoming no 03. Okay, so I would, a basic rifleman is 0300. Did you also want to be 511, but that fell short? Nah, cute asshole. <laughs> no, but my point being is that there are so many other things to do in the military. You're not just a bullet catcher. There's supply and logistics. There's there you can, you can go to the aircraft mechanics, line cooks, medical field. There's so much stuff to do, and realistically. Yeah, you say that, oh, there's poverty, there's poverty. You know, people who join, are, oh, they're impoverished. Yeah, but you know what? There's a couple things you do that happens to you when you come out of, the, uh, out of boot camp. And I'll just say this. One, okay, um, you come out a different person. From You come out a kid. You, know, you go into boot camp as a kid. You come out as a, as a grown adult when you leave. Trust me. Or at least you learn a lot more. You're a different person when you come out. I'll just say that you come out different. You're absolutely, you come and out I don't different. mean that. I don't disagree. I don't mean you come out different as in like nah, I'm screwed up. You come well, out different. Some people do. You come out way more mature. Yes, but but two. You also what's boot camp? Eight weeks. It depends on what you do. It's either six weeks or twelve weeks if you're in the Marine Corps. All right, let's say it's twelve weeks. You're not gaining life knowledge and life experience. You're gaining no. combat experience or combat knowledge. No, there's no combat knowledge. Well, nope. You know how you, you're not coming out more aware of the world after 12 weeks in the Marine boot camp. Hold on. Two things. One, you join the military, right? You join boot camp, right? The only thing you do technically combat-wise is fire at the range. Everything else is critical application and learning how to do things, how to fold your laundry, how to work a freaking iron, how to starch a pair of pants, uh, walk in formation. Actually, well, something that I think all kids nowadays should learn is how to listen to a superior. Yeah. Like, these are all things you learn. You don't actually start learning what your trade is until after boot camp when you join infantry training battalion, MRT, which is... Uh, uh, MCT, MCT, Marine Combat Training or something. Right. But you get broken down into your what your actual job is going to be. And that's how, where you learn how to cook. Where you learn how to work in the medical field. So, so how did starching your pants make you more aware? I don't know how the hell you got here off of... How did starching your pants make you more, give you more worldly knowledge and help you make better decisions in life? Because a couple things. One... I never knew how to actually sew anything at one point. Like, I didn't know how to sew. I didn't know how to. I mean, think of all the kids nowadays. How many times? You know how many times I have to tell George, he'd be like, pick your shit off the floor. Pick, pick up your room. Clean right. up so your freaking room. If it makes you a different person discipline wise, I, I, I can't argue with that. Number one. I can't argue Two, with that. Two, teach you how to manage money. You know how bad I sucked prior to freaking going in the military? How much I managed? I mean, I still suck at managing money. But I'm saying, as a kid, I didn't know how to balance a check account. The Marine Corps taught me how to balance a thing. Okay. When I said, you know, oh, yeah, I'll be there at 4 o'clock, right? Taught you had to be on time. No. The Marine Corps, they expect if you're 15 minutes early, you're already late. So it, it taught me to be more disciplined in what I do. So, yes. I mean, personally... That's where I go with it. I don't know how we got off of the red men here, but this is fine. Because you decided to go this whole political thing. I'm not going to political thing. I'm, I'm, I'm going. And then you called me a hypocrite. I didn't call you a hypocrite. <laughs> no, you didn't. I was going to say, you did discuss. You did discuss the hypocrisy of the like 18-year-olds can do, go to war and fight, but they can't drink. They can't do this. And right. So that's, that's how we got. So, on so let's tangent. let's circle this back here. All right. So 
obligation that you take as a mason, right? Yes. That's why we have it where you have to be 18 to be a mason. Right. Because under 18, I mean, you can argue all day, yo, who, what's, what's considered an adult, 18, 21. You can argue that all day. That's, that's up for every grand, grand lodge. But anything realistically under 18, you don't give a shit about. You're fire and forget. So I, that's why I'm just not down for kids taking obligations or swearing allegiances prior to being an adult. And then let you make your decision for yourself. Because what that I call is indoctrination. Right. When you're telling your kid, oh, do you swear to do this? And do you swear to do that? And will you do this? Or will you do that? It's indoctrination. And I still think that. And my because argument is an the same God? thing at 18. To me, it's because it's like the argument with some of this COVID bullshit. Where it's like, well, if you're six feet away, you're safe. But if you're five feet and a half away, you're not safe. Here's so if you're 17 years old, you're not capable of making these decisions. But one more year, automatically you you're get this magic thing that goes off and you can make these decisions. It doesn't work like well, that. Well, here's the thing. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. I learned more from the history channel than I did in school. So my point is now you're do, your own, school. do your own research, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, do your own research into right. things. But people also mature at different levels. And correct, eighteen-year-old uh, George might have been more mature than a eighteen-year-old Ken. Oh, I doubt that. Probably more mature than an eighteen-year-old Schultz, um, or same. But you know, a sixteen-year-old me might have been more mature or less mature than a sixteen-year-old you. I, you know, it, it's everybody's be. different, so you can't just put a number on it and say, "Oh, just because they." No, hit everybody age. matures. No, I agree with that. Everybody matures a different thing, but I do think there are. Uh, I know forty-year-olds that I would say, "No, you, you're incapable of making the decision to join the military." <laughs> no, but, but and I, I agree with that. I do that, 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 that. But there are some people that never mature. Right. They're children until they're freaking. You know. Right. Um. But, uh, We're not I getting any hate comments on this. No, so it's far, actually so gotten good. very quiet. Yeah, I think quiet they're. Did we make them uncomfortable? I think they either made them uncomfortable or they're like, we don't want to listen to these two freaking Karens bitching over here. Um, many, we got five current viewers. Um, seven. Where did you see seven? Eight and five. Oh, eight. Okay. Um. Anyway, so um. So getting back into the whole Redmen thing, I think personally, uh. That's what they did is they went and made a branch organization to keep the 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 Masons out of the fact of the deed they did. But I mean I could be wrong, but I think it's interesting how many Masons are um many Masons were either oh uh, well were involved in it. Teddy Roosevelt, uh Warren Harding and all that right, stuff. Right. But, you know, a lot of their Stuff is modeled off of Freemasonry, you know, just yeah, change and, the name. And most fraternal organizations have stolen things from uh, Freemasonry in some way, as far as their organizational structure, as far as, right. or like you said, founders could have been part of it. Uh, my daughter went through the agri-science program in high school, and they're mm -hmm. a part of the FFA, which I believe is the Future Farmers Association of America. Right. When they have their meetings, I'm sitting in there going, yeah, Mason designed this. Like, oh, there's, there's no yeah. doubt in my mind because it's – they literally go around the room and the person that's in charge, that would be the equivalent of our master, checks in with the secretary, mm. checks in with the treasurer. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, where's this person? And it, it literally the opening closing ceremony, other than the titles, mirrors the opening and closing well, of a Masonic I mean, Lodge. Well, that's also Robert's Rules of Order too. Yeah. Um, Robert's Rules of Order, uh, I believe, was started in a Masonic Lodge, right? That I don't know. I know they're often thrown up. You got to follow Robert's rules. No, you don't. It's no, you just don't. suggested. It's it's a suggestion. Uh, you don't have to. I can do whatever I want as master. We'll have to look up that Rogers. Uh, look it up now. The that's where we miss Ken. He'd Roberts. be looking this up by now. He'd already know it. He just computes. Well, that's true. <laughs> but I bet you. My my assumption is that Robert's rules of order was probably started in some sort of a. And honest to God, when I go to my town uh, Republican meeting. Uh, for the town of Naugatuck, they started it up. I'm, like, first time I was ever there, I don't know if I've ever talked about it, I sat down, and I'm like, all right, how do we start this meeting? We stand up, we do the pledge, we sit back down, and then all of a sudden he's like, all right, we're going to read the minutes of our last meeting. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> he's like, words from the president. Does uh, the, the vice president have anything? Does the uh, treasurer have anything? I'm like, this is weird. 
Yeah, but even well, some of like in this FFA, the terminology that they use. Founding, uh, the uh, new found founding future, fathers of America. The Future Farmers Association. But even like just NFFA. the language that they use is extremely similar to. Right. You know, what's, you, what's your symbol? It's a plow. And what does that stand for? Like that uh, kind of That's that kind uh, of stuff. ritualistic yeah. jargon. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. What do you say, Joe? It's hot as balls. You want to get it the hell really out of here? Hot. Yeah, that's good. All right. This one we got as much as we could about the Red Men. If anybody else got any other thing on the Red Men, please put it in the comments. We will definitely uh, look at it and respond. I'm pretty good about responding to people when they have something. And welcome back, Slisky of Zaros. I know. Hey, it's it's pretty cool that he came back. He did come back, and he wasn't obnoxious. No. He or she. I don't know which one. He or she. And uh, Slisky, you're welcome to comment anytime. Just keep them respectful. And if you have questions, we'll we'll try to answer them. In Slisky, if you can, don't just throw out weird things that we don't understand what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, because you're just slowing us down. You're just slowing us down. Like, you got something you want to add that we can actually, or a question that we can actually talk about? Fine with that. Yeah, help us out. Don't throw out vague shit. It, It just doesn't. We, we're just going to skip over it. Don't be a Rocco. Don't be a Rocco. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. All right. Flip All right. over to OS, uh, OBS and uh, and uh, when we're ready to go, All just right. hit the stop streaming. So. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you guys got any comments, uh, let us know. Until uh, next time. Signing um, off for the Fat and the Furious <laughs> edition. For the Freemasons podcast, I am right, Worship Brother George Marjorie, signing off. Worship Brother Joe, signing off. Have a good night.